Hi, Sally. Hey, Tyla. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Um, I'm okay. I'm feeling really emotional today. <laughs> That's great. So we're just going to see how that unfolds over the next hour. <laughs> I think that's perfect. I love emotions. Me too. I'm trying to feel them instead of like ignoring them. So yeah, I've really cried important. like three times today. <laughs> Man, I haven't cried at all today. I haven't well, cried in a while. Maybe today, maybe that'll change on the podcast. Maybe I can make so you cry. Far, that's kind of yeah, so far. We're, yeah. So far. That's the thing <laughs> that's going on. <laughs> So oh, gosh. before we get into that, what's the best thing that happened to you this week? Oh my gosh. Um, so many good things have happened this week. And I'm going to say that one of the highlights is that Justin has now watched the first two episodes slash the miniseries of Battlestar Galactica. So <laughs> those first three hours, he's watched them. I think that he's enjoyed them. I'm excited. Oh my God. So when you started that sentence, that was so not what I thought you were going to say. You were like, Justin. And I was like, dot, dot, dot. I know where this is headed. And then you took it somewhere totally different. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that other thing, I think I'm going to keep to myself for a while. It feels really tender and lovely. Um, But yeah, no, this was, this was really great. This was up there with, with top moments. Well, maybe it's because I was secretly texting him, telling him how good Battlestar Galactica is. <laughs> I know. Thank you for that, because I welcome. think that helped him come around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. What about you? What's the best thing that happened to you this week? Uh, I've been thinking about this all day, and I don't know what to say. <laughs> so many good things have happened this week. I've had such a good week. Um, what's the best thing? What's the best thing? I think the best thing that happened to me this week is I was up at the lake house. My, my boyfriend's dad has a house on Saratoga Lake and we were up there over the weekend and I really wanted to go out on the water with everyone and I didn't think it was going to happen. Um, but then it did happen and we, like went out on the kayaks to this kind of shallow place and we're like making up a game where you have to throw a tennis ball to each other and do all these crazy rules. And it was just really fun. Mm. And I really wanted it to happen and we made it happen. So that was great. Yay. I love it. Yay. Good. <laughs> oh boy. But really, I think like actually in, in the middle of the night last night, I woke up and I was like, <gasps> I know exactly what I'm going to say tomorrow when Sally asked me what the best thing that happened this week is. And then I woke up this morning and I couldn't remember it for the life oh, of me. Oh, no. Oh, man. But whatever. Uh, it's okay. Maybe you can tweet it out. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I'm not going to tweet. <laughs> I keep like, ever since you said it, I keep wanting it to happen. <laughs> like, maybe you can tweet about this. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, all right. Well, enough chit-chat. Let's get to the point of why we're here. Great. I'm ready. Let's talk about a year ago today. Mm-hmm. So, what happened a year ago today, Sally? To me, because I'm the guest. I, want, I, I wasn't sure if that was clear to people. <laughs> I'm yeah. the guest today. It's just me and Sally today. <laughs> Um, and a year ago today, I officially moved to Los Angeles. I like changed my Facebook home to California. <laughs> I like I that that is like, yeah, that's what makes it official. Yeah. Cause it's not official till it's on Facebook. Exactly. So. Isn't that what people always say about relationships? Oh, I dated this guy one time and he, sorry, tangent wanted me so badly <laughs> to make our relationship public on Facebook and I just didn't want to do it. <laughs> Wait, I don't, I don't remember who that is, but we can talk about that off the air. <laughs> well, anyway, so the point is that it was official because you put it on Facebook. So I guess the fact that I was yes. dating that guy was never really official because it was never on Facebook. Well, I mean, but let's just take that back because I, Justin and I are not official on Facebook. Oh God. so it's okay but for home it works for home for home it's official when you put it on facebook well at least for me i mean i think because i hadn't you know i have a complicated relationship with the concept of home 
So I think for me, it's like, you know, it was home when I changed it to Paris a few years ago. And I mean, it was only for a few months, but still. And then I changed it back to New York. And I don't know that I ever listed New Jersey as my home because I didn't really claim that. No. I was very proud about that. Just kidding. Anybody who's listening from New Jersey. (laughs) We love you. Patterson, New Jersey. What, what? Um, But then when I moved to California, then I, I, I changed it on there, too. All right, so take a moment and go back to a year ago when you switched your Facebook home and tell me in one word how you were feeling. Okay, I was feeling intrigued. Intrigued? Yeah. Now I'm intrigued. (laughs) I didn't, I hadn't planned on moving here. And so I, and I was just kind of following my intuition. So I didn't know why I needed to stay and I, but I was trusting it. You know, if I could get secondary words, I was a little bit nervous and very excited, but mostly I was intrigued. I was like, I wonder where this is going. I did not see this change coming, but okay, Mm -hmm. let's do this. And at this point you had already been in California for a little while. Yeah. So I had gone to California. Well, so I'd gone to Vegas and I, and a month later I had an event in San Diego. So, and both of my sisters live in California. So I figured that I would visit one of them for two weeks and visit the other for two weeks, go to the event and then maybe go back to New York or figure out where I'm going, you know, where I was going from there. Uh, so I'd been in the general area. I'd been in California, I guess for four weeks, but I'd been you know, when you add Vegas, it's probably like five weeks. Um, yeah. And then I decided to move, I decided to stay after the event. So yeah, I guess about five weeks. Mm-hmm. And what was it that caused you to stay? Was it just a feeling? Yeah, it was totally my intuition or like my gut telling me to stay. Um, I, so the way that it worked out was that I spent the first two weeks with in LA and then the next two weeks in Berkeley. Um, and while I was in Berkeley, I don't know. I mean, I guess the entire trip was very different. It felt very different. I had been to California before to both Berkeley and to LA and to San Diego. Um, but it never felt like home. It just felt like, you know, another cool place to go visit. And the energy somehow this time around was very different. It felt much more open. It felt like I had caught up to what California was. I think before I was still, you know, not, I was very like negative <laughs> um, and like not, I mean, I guess I've always been a happy person, but I think other people would have described me that way. And I don't know that I really would have described me that way. Um I was still kind of like this disgruntled New Yorker in various cities. Yeah. I was about to ask if it was like the kind of like New York, California, or really, I guess it's pretty much New York, LA contrast that so many people, I think, turn into such a big thing. Yeah. And you know, I think that it's become such a big thing because it's these places that you expect. It's these places where like you only think of transplants being there. So it's like in New York, everybody goes there for like theater or, you know, to make it big, quote unquote, whatever the heck that means for them. In LA, like people come here. I mean, some people come here for the spiritual community. Most people come here for like the entertainment business. It was a a very shocking thing when I got here and would meet people and they were like, oh, you're not working in like TV or movies. And I was like, nope, I'm just a writer. (laughs) Um, And like, I just own my own business. So I think it's like these transplant communities in in a lot of ways. And so people kind of expect them to be more similar than they are. And I think that once they start to switch between back, like between the two to go back and forth between them, then they realize like, oh shit, now they're completely different. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think I was still very much a New Yorker. And I mean, I would still consider myself a New Yorker, like by upbringing. (laughs) Um, but I'm very different now. I, I cannot imagine living in New York anymore. I've just so much more, I became so much more like open and laid back and like positive and happy and 
yeah, I guess like I had raised my vibration a bit higher than New York was allowing me personally to be. You can have a high vibration in New York, but I... Well, that makes me wonder how much of that is... Can you attribute to California and how much of it can you attribute to making the decision to have a home? Because for such a while there, you were kind of nomadic. You know, you were really going from place to place. You never had a steady place to live. And I feel like we had even just had this big conversation where you were saying that, like, when people ask you where you lived or where you were from, it was really getting to you that that wasn't an easy question to answer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, this is a good question. I think it was, I think it was all of it. I think it was like all of these, all of these shifts, some big and some small, all kind of lining up in this perfectly magical way. So that when I arrived in California and once I'd been here for a while, um, I think it it happened, especially when I was in Berkeley, I just kept thinking to myself, I could live here. And I hadn't thought that ever before. And, you know, and you're right. I mean, we did have the conversation and we had the conversation here. I had not yet fully decided to stay. So it was interesting also, because like, I think that it, that click, that like final click of like, no, I'm going to stay. It hadn't yet happened. And I think I needed to get to that place where I was like deeply uncomfortable with not having a home, but also very accepting of it in order for me to like, kind of like slam, like, yes, this is it. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to make this my home, whatever that means. Um, and even when I decided to stay, I didn't know where I would go. Um, I didn't know, you know, I mean, I get basically at that point I was like, okay, well, my gut told me to stay here. My, like my intuition and my heart, that's why I'm here. So I'm just going to follow them. I'm just going to like, I don't have a plan here. I'm just going to go wherever I'm led. And even to get to that place, I mean, the amount of surrender that that really took was something that I did not think I was capable of. I was really just like, okay, I'm just going to have faith in this. Something good is going to come of me deciding to stay here and make some, some city in California, my home. Um, and that's where I was at. Mm -hmm. So how did you land on LA? It happened kind of by mistake. Um, (laughs) I think out of all of the cities in California, LA was still the one that I felt like I wasn't, I, I guess I don't know that I didn't think it was for me. I think that in my head, I was just like, well, why would I end up here? Cause it's like, I don't work in the entertainment industry. I don't know anyone here um, other than my sister at the time. Um, but like in Berkeley, for instance, I had already met a lot of my sister's friends there. Um, I knew a couple of people who lived in Oakland and who lived in San Francisco. So I thought about living there. And also I had thought about living somewhere completely new, like San Luis Obispo. Um, and maybe even Santa Barbara. Like I I had thought of a lot of places. I ended up coming back to LA um, because I could stay with my sister and I knew that I could be here for a little bit. Um, And I believe her roommate was out of town for like a month or something. And so I was like, oh, well, I could just always like stay, like I could crash on the couch and it'll be more comfortable, Um, you know, whatever. And, and then I, I started... Like I found a really awesome coffee shop, which to me, like any place feels like home once I find my coffee shop. (laughs) Um, And that's part of like my nomadic ways is like, you know, you really start to hang on to the things that make you feel like home at least. So like my little Frida Kahlo finger puppet, make sure that's the any like office setup. (laughs) And, and then as long as you've got Frida, you're home. Yeah. Then I'm great. (laughs) Um, so that, and like, I have a coffee shop. Um, and I, and I also just kind of like started following the synchronicity, like things started to line up. I got this random writing gig for bustle. So I was like, okay, well I'm going in the right direction. Cause these random opportunities are coming to me now. That's cool. Um, and, and then I started dating Justin and then, and even for the beginning of our relationship, I wasn't sure I was going to stay here. And he knew that I was very open about that. Um, 
but then the more that we dated and then the more I met other people uh, and had like brunch with people and like hosted things. I mean, I guess we only hosted a brunch, but still it was like all these things that then started to feel like home. And I was like, well, let me just stay a little bit longer and let's see what happens. So I subletted a place over the summer um, near Glendale and I was like, no, you know what? This, I think LA is the place. I think that this is like where the energy is really opening up for me. I had also by that point found a really great metaphysical shop. Another sign of a good home. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta find your local metaphysical shop that you like. (laughs) Yeah. You gotta buy that Palo Santo. (laughs) Exactly. So I've got, I got my Palo Santo. I've got some new Oracle cards. Life's great. (laughs) Um, so that's when I decided to stay in LA. It really was like the end of the summer because it's mm-hmm. I think it still says in my Facebook profile that I live in California it doesn't say a city because mm-hmm. um, that's just I just knew that I was going to be here well and it's so interesting because even though a year ago you made the decision to move you after that still remained open as to like exactly where it's like mm-hmm. you were slowly honing in on the thing. Mm-hmm. Well, my next question is how, so you're describing all the things that made it feel like home, you know, a coffee shop, a group of friends. Um, when you were staying in Paris, you had those things, didn't you? I did have those things, but I did so not how... have a long stay visa. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, think, I feel like that's not the only reason you left Paris. It's not, but I think it was a big part of it because in my mind then, it didn't make Paris a feasible option or like a mm-hmm. long-term option. It felt more like a nuisance to me to go about trying to stay there than it did like, oh yeah, no, I can totally make this home. Um mm-hmm. I could only stay there for a limited time. And I knew that like the clock was ticking and I knew that if I wanted to stay longer, I like, I could stay longer than that illegally, but then I might get deported. Um, (laughs) so I think like in my head, if I had gone, like it required too much effort to figure out how to stay. I needed to find a job. I needed to like find a place to live. I needed to have like be really, really grounded in order to like apply for a long-term visa, stay, go through all those mechanics, all of that red tape. Um, and so in my head, even though I was open to it and I was like, okay, if things line up really well, then I, I'm, I'm cool with that. It didn't, it felt like too much of a stretch. Um, so I, f- I do think that that was really the primary reason. Cause then like energetically I was cut off from it. Cause I was like, okay, well it, like a miracle needs to happen for me to be able to stay in Paris. And like, I, you know, I applied to jobs. There was one job where I like, I, I went in for a couple of interviews and I, I don't know, maybe if I had gotten that job, then I would have been like, oh great, then I'm going to stay. Cause clearly that's how things are going. Um, but I didn't. And, um, and so I, I think it was too much of a leap for me to think about that. And, and I guess beyond that, I don't know, that still feels like the biggest reason why, like, yeah, you know, it was like, oh, well then I would have to actually learn French. <laughs> That's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> or like, you know, at that point I, I did kind of, I, I, at that point I still had more ties to New York than I do now. For instance, that, that's also true. Like a lot more of my friends were still in New York at that time. Um, and I saw myself as a New Yorker and I, I had a lot of connections, professional connections and personal connections. So I think there was more tying me to New York and more like, and I saw Paris too much as like a logistical nightmare. So I think that that was created a bigger disconnect for me as opposed to then like, you know, one or two years of being nomadic then really like cemented for me that I did not need to be in New York. Mm. And, 
and the group, the growth that I had during all that time then made me more aligned with being in California. So before you decided to make California your home, how long would you say it had been since you felt you really had a home? It had been a long time. If I, if I didn't count, well, Paris felt like home, but I wasn't there for very long. <laughs> um, I think Paris was the last time that I really felt like I, like I had a home. Um, and it had been two years since then, I think. Um, cause I'm pretty sure now it's been three, but I may be making up, it, it may, it may have been that it's now been four and at the time it had been three. Um, but before then, yeah, I mean, I guess right before then I was living, I was living comfortably in Brooklyn. So, and I had a, you know, I had just signed a lease. So I felt like I, like my home was in Brooklyn. So it'd been at least two years, possibly three, but at least two years since I felt like I had a home, both an actual physical location and like an address, like a permanent address and like a sense of home. Well, that's interesting because I wanted to ask you maybe to even just define home a little bit because you're saying that Paris felt like home, but your life in Paris, at least from an outside perspective, was kind of so unstable and you didn't have a permanent physical address. You were kind of like hopping from place to place pretty consistently. Um, so I'm actually surprised to hear you say that that felt like home. Yeah, to me, home is so far beyond your physical location. And, and that's something that I've come to after, I guess, like several years of just, yeah, of like asking myself what home is. I think that that's one of my like life's, you know, evolutions, because even in like college, when I had no reason to feel like I didn't have a home, (laughs) um, I was questioning that I was questioning, like, what the heck does home mean for somebody who was born in another country? But like, I don't connect to that. I don't feel connected to the fact that I was born in the Dominican Republic, for instance. I like, I don't go back there. Um, I don't like it as a, like, I would never live there. It's never Um, felt like a home. Yeah, never. Even though I was born there. But then the U.S. only ever feels so much like home because I'm not from here. And I think especially in, like, especially in high school and especially in college, that was a big, that was, that was really when I was kind of presented with that. Like that realist, I had always known, obviously, that I'm not from here, but it was like never that big of a deal. I didn't care enough about it. I didn't think very much about it. And then in high school, I remember there was this moment when the teacher, this English teacher who I really hate, um, (laughs) I still hate him. I don't use that word a lot, but I, this man and I, we were, oh my God, bless his heart. We were clearly put on this on this world to trigger each other. Like I'm I feel like, like that is the only reason why. Imagining you as Harry Potter and this teacher as Snape. <laughs> That's what it felt like. <laughs> um, like to the point where he like accused me of cheating at one point because like my paper was too good. Ah, uh, that happened to me one time. Like, it's the worst. It is terrible. I'm like, like, are you kidding me? Oh, and I had like I once had to like. I once answered a question that he didn't know the answer to. And I think that that really triggered him. I don't know. Mm. But so he, he said one day he asked like, and this is New York, this is Brooklyn. And this is a school that it's not his own school. So it's like a school that people apply to. So it's even more diverse, I think, than most high schools in New York. Cause it's like all walks of life. And he, I don't know why we were talking about this concept of like being American, but he was like, okay, well, you know, raise your hand if you don't consider yourself American. And like, you know, a bunch of people had their hands raised and they were like, okay, well, lower your hand if like, I don't remember the parameters, but he like kept asking these things and like putting labels on it. 
And the only person, the last question that he asked was like, we'll keep, you know, like lower your hand if you were born here or something. And so then at that point, I was the only person who still had my hand up. And he was like, oh, well, yeah, I guess that you don't need to be, I guess you don't need to consider yourself American. (laughs) And I was like, thanks? Like, (laughs) or maybe, no, maybe that wasn't his last question. I think the last question was like, if you're not a citizen, because I don't, I don't think I was a citizen at that point. I didn't become a citizen. So, um, I almost graduated high school. So so yeah, so I I think even from then, like maybe it had happened before then, but that's the first time that I remember in my head like questioning what that meant then. Like what the heck does that mean then? I clearly don't belong here because even my English teacher is telling me that I don't have to <laughs> that I don't have to consider myself American. Um and so like in high school and college, this was a very big deal to me. I was really questioning what home meant and like a sense of home and And I had to believe that it was something that you had to carry with you because I couldn't figure out how, how it was on paper. Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't figure out where my home was. If my home didn't feel like Dominican Republic and it didn't feel like New York or or America, then what the hell was it? And I think from then I never fully, I was never fully attached to like my physical location. I didn't necessarily consider that a marker of home. Um, when I graduated and I was like kicked out of home, quote unquote, um, which like I wanted to, the reason I put that in quotes is because I wanted to leave, but I felt like I couldn't, but then my mother eventually kicked me out. Um, but then she didn't want me to leave. So anyway, very complicated, but back she's a complicated to lady, your mom. <laughs> yeah, she's a very complicated lady. Um, and it was a very complicated situation, but I like my home, even when I was in my childhood home or like my I guess, adolescent home. Um, My home was with my then boyfriend and like, we didn't live together, but I felt like he was home to me. And once, and like, I loved spending time with his family. I loved being there. That felt like home to me way more than the actual physical address that I had. So to me, it's just this feeling. It's this feeling that you can be yourself. It's this feeling that you can be accepted. It's this feeling that you can get to know yourself and like, I might cry. (laughs) and like stumble and fall and it's going to be okay. And I never felt that growing up ever. So it, there was this huge cognitive dissonance in my head of like, well, this is supposed to be my home. This is my address. This is what the, the address that I put down in forms and things, but that's not how I felt. Um, and so to me, even though like in Paris, going back to this Paris example, yeah, even though I didn't necessarily have like, a steady place that, you know, I couldn't claim anywhere as like my home. I had a group of friends who like really loved me and really accepted me. And even when they completely questioned me and had no idea what I was doing with my life, (laughs) um, they were still like, but we love you. (laughs) Um, and like, are you coming to pub quiz on, on Sunday? Like, of course (laughs) I will. Um, and I had, I had this huge city that like felt really comfortable to me and it felt like a place that I could explore and have fun in without, you know, without feeling like I needed to always get it right without feeling like I needed to always know my way. Um, and that's why that felt like home to me. And, and then once I got to LA and, you know, was finding all these things that I've already listed, the more that I found those things, the more that I was like, okay, yeah, no, this, this feels right. This definitely feels like home to me. Um, and in the time between that, cause I feel like calling that, like acknowledging that time, <laughs> um, while I was like living in New Jersey and like hopping from apartment to apartment, I, it, it was an interesting time because the fact that I didn't feel like it was home had nothing to do with the fact that I was jumping from place to place. Uh It had to do with the fact that I had outgrown a city, but I had no idea where to go next. Uh And, and so it was like, okay, like I love my friends here, but I feel like I could still love them if I wasn't here. And, and so I was confused about what that meant and like confused about how to make that happen really. Well, and so many of those relationships, I think just as you had outgrown New York, there were a lot of relationships that you'd outgrown. And so maybe where New York had felt like home before that losing part of those relationships somehow contributed to you feeling a little bit 
unmoored. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, so it's interesting then. You... You then chose to start calling California home, but you did that before you had any of the things, really, that we've just talked about as feeling like home. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm wondering how that, how you decide I'm going to make a home here and what that means to you. Yeah. I think that's why it felt so much, like I said, bef- like way at the beginning, it felt like a decision that like my gut made and my heart made. And so I was like, all right, I'm just going to let you guys lead the way. And that was very new to me. Um, and I think that that's why, I mean, yeah, like this is why, because I didn't have anything here yet set up. I didn't have anything that I could hang on to as like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, this is why this is my home. I was just, I just felt so strongly like, no, I can, I can be grounded here. I, I I don't know how yet. I have no physical evidence of this, but my gut and my heart are like, no, this is it. This is, this is happening. And so I think that my decision to claim this as my home before I had any of those was the leap of faith. It was the like, Mm -hmm. well, I'm just going to go for it. I'm not going to wait until I have something to hang on to. I'm not going to wait until, you know, I have a physical address. I'm not going to wait until these things are, are in place. I'm going to just decide and see what happens. And like, mm-hmm. maybe that means that I'm only here for a month. <laughs> maybe I was wrong. Like, maybe that means that actually I, I'm ready to go back to New York. I don't know. But I know that I'm not going to find that out until I decide that, that, that I'm going to call this my home. Mm-hmm. I love what you just said about, I believe I can feel grounded here. And that I don't yet feel grounded here. Yeah. But that it feels open and expansive enough that I know that that's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, it's what it felt like. That's the only way that I know how to describe it. Well, the other interesting thing that's coming up for me right now is that I don't want to diminish... I don't say this to diminish anything that anyone believes about home. At the same time, so many of the constructs that tie us to quote-unquote home don't feel good, or they're artificial, or we've outgrown them. And I think it can be really hard to let go of those things because... I think the idea of home, and now I'm going to cry. <laughs> the idea of home feels safe. And I know that in the past, I have clung to that even when the reality of home, whatever that was, if it was a physical place, if it was a relationship, whatever home meant to me at that time, no longer felt good. Mm-hmm. but that tendency to cling to it just because it's something that you have identified as home versus being able to let go like you did leaving New York and be like, you know, this has been home, but now it doesn't feel good anymore, so I'm going to try something new. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not a question. I'm just rambling. I like it though. (laughs) No, and I, this is one of the things that has often made me feel disconnected from other people as an adult is like the things that people see as courageous, but I just see them as like, well, I have to do this. I like the decision to go to Paris, for instance, I had to do it. I could not keep like forcing myself to live a life that I did not like of life that like, you know, drinking during work hours, not okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's not healthy. You can, you can't just do that forever. Wait, Um, are we talking like an office organized happy hour? Are we talking like bottle of whiskey in the bottom drawer? Uh, it was like going to lunch, 
but not eating lunch, having drinks instead. We we did have alcohol in the office because, like, we would get shipped alcohol a lot. <laughs> now people are gonna be like, "What did she do for work?" I know. But <laughs> it was at a magazine, so it's like you know you get free crap all the time. And yes, some of those things were alcohol, and so. When that was around, I'd be the person who was like, well, let's just have a cocktail. Like, we've got Coke. We've got rum. Let's have a cocktail at, like, 2 p.m. Um, and not that that was happening every day, but, like, it was like if other people were partaking once a week or once every couple of weeks, I was partaking every time we did it. So it was, like, you know, at least once a week, maybe twice a week. Um, and that wasn't healthy. I was like not in a good place with relationships or anything like that. I didn't feel connected to a lot of people. I felt like I was just, I was just very unhappy with my life. Um, and yeah. And I, and so to me, there was no other option. Like I had to go, I had to see what was there for me in Paris. I had always wanted to live there. I had to see what that was about. I had to see that. And, you know, and like quitting my job, similar thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's not that I don't know what that's like. I mean, there are a lot of times when I need to say goodbye to things that I'm not ready to say, that I don't think I'm ready to say goodbye to. So I know what it feels like. I know what that's like. And <laughs> there are times when I, when I feel like I'm ripped apart of, away from things and I don't like how that feels. And so I would rather do like acknowledge that I need to say goodbye to something to something or let go of something and then let it go then let it get to a point where you know I'm drinking you know drinking at work <laughs> um <laughs> and, you know metaphorically speaking right right metaphorically speaking <laughs> <laughs> well and so I know I think I've already asked this exact question but I want to ask you again given what we've been talking about what did it mean to you to decide to make a home in California? It meant starting from scratch. Um, and how did it, that feel? It felt good. It felt mostly good. I mean, I was scared and confused. Um, it was complicated, I guess. But mostly I was hopeful and I was optimistic. And by that point in my life, I was already like, okay, well, any decision that I make is the right one. And so there must be something here for me, even if it's not what I think it's going to be. So I think because of that, then like the hope and the curiosity and the intrigue got to outweigh the fear and the like panic and the confusion of like, well, but I don't understand. Like my, there were plenty of times when my head was like, but I can't call this my home. I don't have an address. Even though I don't connect with that as a definition of home, my head still goes there. My head's still like, well, this isn't technically my home because I don't technically live here because I don't technically have an address. I can't have mail sent here, like anything like that. Um, but it felt good. It felt, it felt right. It felt like the right decision. It felt like no other decision was right for me at that moment. When did it stop feeling scary? You've been there for a year. Um, or does it still feel scary? I guess I shouldn't assume. Yeah. Sometimes it still feels scary. I guess less so. It, it's like it lessens with time. I, I think one of the moments that I decided, because I think, I mean, fear isn't, well, everything's always a choice, but, <laughs> um, but like, yeah, there are times when like you, f you feel fear and like, you're like, well, I can't help it. That's what I'm feeling. And then there are other times I feel where fear is a choice and it's like the thing that you keep listening to. So when I went back to New York for two weeks, I think it was two weeks in the fall and like late August, early September, um, I landed in New York and I was like, this does not feel like home. <laughs> um, and so I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. I, I, I didn't quite expect that, but cool. Um, to be clear, and, everybody, Sally has lived in New York basically her whole life. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. So it, it was a big deal. Even like taking the subway, which is this thing that like, even now in LA, I still feel like taking the subway is like, whatever. Like, who cares? <laughs> it's all the same. Every city you go to, you know, varying degrees of efficiency in the public transportation system, but still feels kind of all the same. But even that felt different. And that's when I knew something was happening. I think I might have even texted you. I was like, there's too many people on this subway platform. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) It's too loud. Why are people playing like the harmonica? Like what's going on? Well, I feel like that, but I live here. (laughs) I feel like that every time I get on the subway. It's crazy. So I think it was like, it was just so, so odd. And like, yeah, the other thing that happened was that I like smiled at some woman at the airport, like near baggage claim or something. And she didn't <laughs> smile back. And I was like, oh, that's right. I'm in New York. Oh, I'm New York. <laughs> mm-hmm. So during that trip, I think I really needed that trip because it helped me decide that I was going to stop being as afraid of mm-hmm. being like considering myself somebody who lives in California, like being a California resident. Um, cause I was like, you know what? This is just silly. Like life's just scary all the time anyway. So who cares? Like, so this is the current thing that's scary. Okay. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just enjoy it. Like, let's just have a good time. And that's also the trip when like, I realized that just, or like Justin and I decided that he was my boyfriend. So I was like, okay, well, you know, it felt nice to then come back to to LA and feel like, Oh, I've got a boyfriend here. Um, I didn't have a physical home yet, but I knew that I could get one and I knew that I had (laughs) had one over the summer. So, so I, I think that's when I, that's when the fear really lessened. Like if it had been, I don't know the numbers, but let's, if, if it had been at like 80% fear, I don't know if that's accurate, but whatever, if it had been there, then it went down to like 30 or something. Um, it went down drastically after I came back from New York. And then, and then since then it, it comes up every so often it come, it came up when I needed to move out of my place. Well, it came up when I found a place. What's <laughs> it? Came, fear? Yeah. The fear. Uh huh. Um, so it came up when I found a place. It came up when I needed to move out. It came up anytime that I had to have a conversation with Justin about staying with him, um, or yeah, or even like traveling within California. It's even little moments like that. Like when I realize I live in LA, which I'll say very often, <laughs> I, it's kind of amazing how often I say it. <laughs> I will be looking at a map yet. Just yesterday I was at a museum gift shop. And one of the books that they had was like some like one of those like books that like travel books, whatever. And with like the all these cities around across North America. And we like got to the section that had like Santa Monica and like San Francisco and all of those, like everything near there and Malibu and downtown L.A. and all these things. And we're like going through and like looking at the photos, my sister and I. And I had the moment of like, holy shit this is where I live. I live right here. <laughs> um, in those moments, I still am a little bit like, wow, what does that mean? What is this? What's life? But, um, but mostly now I just kind of breathe through it or laugh it off or I'll say it out loud. Oh my God, I live in LA. And that usually makes it funny. Cause then whoever I'm with inevitably laughs at me. Um, and yeah, so that's, it feels it feels more and more real and less scary every day, but I think it still sometimes like crop, crops up, mm-hmm. which is interesting because even as I'm saying this, it started to occur to me that part of the reason why is because in my head, I'm like, well, at least in New York, I could always move back in with my parents, but that's not actually a thing that I've ever <laughs> really felt. So, right. so not anything you would actually ever want either. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know what, What's so striking to me about this entire conversation is just the construct, the construct of home, you know? Yeah. Yeah. At what point does a place become your home? Mm -hmm. And I think that I love that for you, it was just like when I decided. Yeah. I just decided that this was going to be home. 
mm-hmm. even though you didn't have it all figured out. Yeah. That's it. That's how I feel. As simple as that. Mm-hmm. When you came back to New York and you had that feeling of this is not home anymore. Was there any sadness there? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, here was this place that I'd been in since I was five that I never, even when I thought to myself, like, I'm not going to live here forever. I didn't think that it would be because it wouldn't feel like home. I thought it'd be because I just decided I was going to live somewhere else. So there was this moment of like, oh my God, have I become one of those people who like hates New York, which I didn't. (laughs) And not that there's anything wrong with those people. I was about Um, to say like, be careful. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, there's nothing wrong with that. But like, you know, like, or I don't know, maybe people don't know when you grow up in New York, it's like this terrible thing. Like, everyone, like, everyone just decides that anybody who leaves New York because they hate it, like, there's something wrong with them. It's like, well, it's one of those people. <laughs> um, like, well, you can either, because you can hack it in New York and that's why you left, or maybe it's like, well, what does that say about us because we're still in New York? I don't know. It's, it's so, it's so weird. It's, ugh, being a New Yorker is weird. Um, <laughs> But, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it was sad because I felt like, well, then now what? Like, well, then this, now I definitely can't come back here. So if, if this California thing doesn't work out or something, like, then what the hell am I going to do? Well, do you Um, think that's true? Because, I mean, we just said that all that you have to do to make a place your home is decide. Yeah. I don't think it is true. I think, but that is what I was thinking. Uh then I was just wrapped up in this like sadness of it's like mourning the loss of who I was every time I decided to stay in New York every day that I decided you know that I woke up and was like well today I'm gonna go to bed in New York like that person you know that version of myself no longer existed I was happy I was excited to be in New York but it felt very much like a vacation it felt like I was visiting And I had never really felt like that before until that moment. And that was sad to me because that it meant that I definitely had left something behind and now something new was in its place. And it was just really interesting to be like face to face with that. Um, And to feel that even as I went to like my favorite places, you know, like, going, I don't know if I went to trailer park. I'm sure I did. Definitely went to meatball shop. So like all these (laughs) places that I love that like have always made me love living in New York, you know, there's no place like it. Um, even just walking around times square, which like, Oh my God, God forbid anybody ever actually does that willingly. It's like a big (laughs) deal. Like, (laughs) like you walked around times square. Did you have a meeting there? Why did you choose Why to walk there? there? <laughs> <laughs> but even something like that, I mean, I did it a few times when I visited, maybe, maybe not a few, like at least twice though, for sure. Um, and even that felt different. And so it was, I mean, it was really cool, but it was also sad. How has your definition of home changed over this year now that you have a home? Um, I think I had to grapple again with the idea of like a physical address. Um, I've yet to set up California residency because when I was going to do that, I had a permanent address and then I moved out. And, um, and so I think that was my, my challenge this year, this past year was, okay, so now I've gotten to a place where I feel like this is home. Great. Awesome. Um, but now where the heck, like, where, where am I physically? (laughs) Um, so that, that was really interesting. I didn't expect that. I figured that like, I just find an apartment, like it's easy enough. And then I live there 
indefinitely. Um, so when that didn't work out or like each time that that didn't work out or each time that it felt like it was work for me to find a place, I think I, I started to question again, like, well, cause I started to feel uneasy about that. Mm-hmm. And the only, you know, obviously one of the reasons that I realized that was happening was because I was like, oh, well then does this actually mean that I'm home if I don't have an address? Um, well, I was wondering if, if that idea of home now maybe is less attached to the idea of a physical address. I think I'm still moving through, growing through that. Yeah. Um, it's interesting cause I never put the pieces together until just then, but we're talking about what it means to be home and you've had trouble nailing down a physical address, yeah. you know? Yeah. Can you, can you be home if you don't have that? Yeah. Um, on good days, I say, yes, absolutely. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and on bad days, you call me crying. Exactly. Not really, but <laughs> yeah, but kind of, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, and I, and I know that I don't need a physical address. And I know that I have a, like, I have a physical address. It's just not the address that I thought I would have. Sally's so like, not homeless. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, you know, I'm right now I'm saying now I always like wonder what listeners are thinking. So yeah, I'm not homeless. They're um, like, God, I'm, where does she see? <laughs> I've been living with my boyfriend or staying with my boyfriend. I don't, usually I say staying, but I've been trying to get comfortable with saying living because I've been here for a while. And again, home growth opportunity, you know, so, <laughs> so I've been trying to get comfortable saying living here, but like, we're not sure when, you know, I would still love to have my own space, a space that's not this apartment. Um, cause this feels like his apartment. This is his apartment. Um, so, so yeah. So on those days, on those tougher days, on the days when I'm like, I just want a home. Like I'll say that. Um, I just want to have my own space. I guess I'll say more often, but there are days when I just get really frustrated and I'm like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is not my home. Cause I've yet to, you know, get a actual physical location. So it's complicated is the short, (laughs) the short answer to your question. Yeah. It's so interesting because you really seem to still go back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, but I think it's like, especially lately, I think I was feeling really good and secure, not with the not have like, I was still like, oh, this is frustrating. I just want to have a, an, like a physical, like my own space, but it still felt like home. But I think lately in the last like week or two, especially number one, because I've been thinking about this and like, this is going to be one of our episodes. So I've been thinking a lot about home. <laughs> um, and, and because I was I, you know, I had a conversation with Justin where I was like, yeah, no, like home is like one of my big life's like evolutionary whatever things, um, I guess challenges, but I don't, I don't like viewing it as a challenge. Growth opportunities. That keeps Um, presenting itself over and over and over. (laughs) In so many different ways. (laughs) Um, so I think after I had that conversation with him and then like leading up to this podcast and like, I think that it started to feel a little bit more, uh, like staticky and like icky. Um, but all of that said, like having this conversation even is just feel like, no, like that's so stupid. That's bullshit. Like this is my home. <laughs> this is my home. This is my home. And like right now I'm, you know, staying at my boyfriend's place. That is my physical address. I don't, you know, even just because I would really love to be somewhere else doesn't mean that this is not my home. Wow. Home is such a complicated thing. Yeah. It is. <laughs> you can be home wherever you decide to be, and home can mean whatever you decide it to be. You know, like mm-hmm. you can be home anywhere, and then you can feel not at home even when you're at home. Yeah. Oof. I don't know. I'm gonna. <sighs> yeah. Like I feel like I'm gonna be thinking about this for hours. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to my life. <laughs> That's what it well, feels I mean, like to me. 
not to get too, like, cheesy and emotional, but you are my home. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I mean, I said that, and now I'm really going to burst into tears. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's, it's true. And for me, that, what it comes down to is home is where you feel safe. Whether that's a relationship or a physical address or a city. Yeah. Or a concept, which is another thing that I've been thinking about a lot lately. It's like, you know, my business feels like my home sometimes. Sometimes it does not. (laughs) (laughs) On a good day. Yes. But on a good day. Yeah. It feels really great. Um, yeah, but yeah, all of those things that I agree. <sighs> so, Sally, if you could talk to yourself a year ago, knowing what you know now, mm-hmm. as you made that decision to move to California and make it your home, what would you say? Enjoy this weird ride. hang on have fun keep doing what you're doing everything's great you know it's interesting because I think that this question is making me realize like I did all those things I did Uh I did everything right like I felt good about every decision I made even when I was like upset and just let myself be upset. And I don't know that I really, I don't know how often I look at my life in that way. Like, even though I know that every decision I make is the right one, I'm, it's different to like, look back, like actually consciously look back and be like, you did everything right. And it feels really good to know that I did that, you know, all the little leaps of faith that I had to make along the way, I made them. Yeah. I just did. I was like, there's no other option. <laughs> this is happening and I'm going to enjoy it. Um, so that's, that's what I would say. I would say you're doing everything right. Keep, keep going, mm-hmm. keep having fun and say yes to that guy who asks you out on a date. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. And if you had to say now in one word, how you feel about a year ago today, what would that word be? I feel yummy. (laughs) That's how I feel. I feel very, like, satisfied and totally in delight and very peaceful. And to me, all of that is just, in one word, it's yummy. Well, I don't like that you're so far away from me but <laughs> but I'm really happy that you're happy I love you Tyla I love you too <laughs> <laughs> oh, we gotta get off I know <laughs> this has gotta be over <laughs> uh, well thank you for having that conversation with me I feel like I have a lot that I now want to think about in terms of my home God, thank you for the opportunity. Ah, I love you so much. (laughs) I love you too. (laughs) Oh boy. All right. Get it together. (laughs) So thanks to everybody for listening. Um, you can find us all over the internet. We have a Facebook page Mm -hmm. a year ago today. We are, I don't know. We're on That's things. all I have to say. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can do it. <laughs> you can find me at Sally Simply on all of the on all the social media, <laughs> on all over the social media, um, and you can find you can email us at a year ago podcast at gmail dot com if you have a story to share about where you were a year ago today. And Tyla, where can the people find you? I'm at tylafowler dot com. Um, and Tyla M. Fowler for all of the social media. 
Wonderful. And yes, keep listening, subscribe on whatever you're using to listen to this and share it with your bestie, share it with somebody who makes you feel like home, share it with everyone, share it maybe with your parents, but maybe not with mine, although they wouldn't listen to it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And, oh, and you can also follow Xena Hell on Facebook Twitter and Instagram at Z Y N A H E L. And Zena Hell has a new, a brand new single. So if you follow her on social media, uh, you can check out her single catacombs and, uh, it's really great. I love it. And I hope that you enjoy it. Yeah. If you like our intro and our outro music, you should definitely go check it out. Yeah. It's great. So good. All right. That's it. We're done. That's it. We're done. All right. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) 